I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Sun Football Podcast. I'm David Freel. I'm joined here by my esteemed colleague, Kenny Miller. Kenny, welcome. Hello, David. An eventful weekend, as always, in Scottish football. Kenny, probably the best place to start is with the first game in the Premiership on Saturday afternoon, the lunchtime kick-off. Kilmarnock nil, Celtic 1. Far from straightforward, but how priceless was Tom Rodgers' goal? Well, priceless enough to bring back the Ronnie Roar. I think it's a defining moment in the season. It's a massive moment for potentially for Ronnie Dyla, but also for that Celtic team. And if anyone thought there was a tail race before, there certainly isn't now. Time running out rapidly now for Celtic. This is McGregor. Tom Rogic on the turn. Oh, that's fantastic! It's a goal from Tom Rogic, which sends the relief all around the stadium. Fantastic hit there from Rogic. It's his ninth goal of the season, and none have been more important. Couldn't have hit this better. McDonald was left helpless. Do you think that's it? Do you think that was the goal that won the title? I don't think there was one anyway, but if you want to say, yeah, if you can say that was the goal that won the title. Why did you not think there was one? But, I mean, given, given that Aberdeen, Aberdeen, Aberdeen were so close to Celtic, I mean, if, if Celtic hadn't won that game and Aberdeen had, I don't know if so much, but Aberdeen were within a win of going top. Yeah, well, come on to Aberdeen, I'm sure. I just didn't ever think we would, we would manage to get over the line. So, But Celtic had to take care of business themselves. And we've said on here previously that that Rangers draw has sharpened the minds, I think. And to be fair, one of the criticisms about Celtic is they haven't scored enough late goals. And at least to buck that trend. A big moment for Roderick as well, who's had a bit of an up and down season and, and what a goal. Ronan Dyle at the end talked about relief and emotion and the best way to win a game. He also didn't sugarcoat the performance. Celtic were pretty poor, given that they were, they were, they were a lot better against Partick Thistle sort of the week before. Is that simply down to the pitch? Is it simply down to the surface? Or should, should excuses like a no wash? I think, I think it's a combination of things at Celtic just now. How many people think Ronnie Dyla is going to be there next year? There seems to be a general acceptance now that he might move on at the end of the end of the season. So there will be players going through the motions. It's not clicking with certain partnerships in the team. He doesn't seem to know his, his best eleven. I have to say, I think Ronnie Dyla is great. I've said this consistently. I think he's behaved himself impeccably. He's not taken any of the criticism personally. I just think he conducts himself really, really well. And I think he'll go on to be a good manager somewhere else, even if it's away from Glasgow. You talked about Tom Rogic. He's there's a contract on the table. He's yet to sign it. He's, he's made it clear he would like to stay with Celtic, but as things stand, nothing has been formalised. There's so many number tens at Celtic. You know, you look at Chris Collins, Patrick Roberts, Gary McKay, Stephen, Stuart Armstrong, James Forrest, Cal McGregor. All these guys probably missed out a few there who can play in that attacking midfield role. Is he one that Celtic could potentially? He's quite young as well. Remember, 22, 23. That Celtic could build a team around. I think so, he's, he's a good mix of athleticism and technique and we spoke to Partick Thistle's Ryan Edwards about him recently and he talked about Roger growing up in this rural Australian mm-hmm. uh, in the outback and uh, 
he said he had a real hunger to leave there and improve himself. I think it was the, was it the Nike Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think he's got something about him. He's, he's been unlucky with injuries. He seems to bounce back, so there's, there's a strength of character there. I, I think he's one you should pay a bit more to keep. In terms of Kilmarnock, I mean, Celtic, it was obviously a huge one for them, but Kilmarnock needed the points. They need the points because the United are coming quite strong behind them. It was a good performance overall, Julian Faubert. I think in Man of the Match, Lee Clark said it was one of the most gut-wrenching defeats he's ever had to put up with. Was there signs of progress there? Kilmarnock just haven't had that new manager bounce, have they? And Lee Clark's changed a lot of things about. Still hasn't quite happened for them. There's very little between the teams down there, but no, I'd expect Kilmarnock to finish second bottom now. You think they'll be second bottom? I think they'll be second bottom. You don't think I, I don't think the United will catch them, no. I don't think they're capable of stringing more than enough results together. And how do you think Kilmarnock would cope in a playoff? I think they would lose the playoff. I think it's going to be, I've said this before, I think uh, Falkirk will come up in the playoffs. Interesting. Sticking with the title race, I was at Fab Park myself to see Aberdeen against Motherwell. You know, as I said, you know, before Tom Rogic's goal goes in, you think this is a huge afternoon in terms of Aberdeen because if Celtic draw, then Aberdeen can leapfrog them. What happens? Celtic score, and Aberdeen go and get beat 2 1. Again, you know, a, a really calamitous result for them due to calamitous defending, really. Scott McDonald peeing out Johnston again. That's a good ball forward. There's Moult with Reynolds. Was turned in by Malt. A misunderstanding between Scott Brown and Mark Reynolds. Brown started to come, then stopped, and Malt took full advantage. Is that it? I mean, you've said it is over, but I mean, that's, a, that's a really bad one for Aberdeen. I don't mean to say too harsh on Aberdeen or that, but I mean, they, uh, just Robert Greave gave me a hard time on here last week for daring to suggest that we wouldn't have what it takes to go the distance, but can I take a man seriously that wears socks like him? So I'll just <laughs> discard that opinion right away. I just think Aberdeen have had so many opportunities this season to take advantage of Celtic slip-ups and they haven't done it. I just didn't see them going the distance and it's a massive own goal from their part. And there, I think there is a debate to be had. You can talk about Derek McInnes being the best on paper non-old firm manager in a long time because of what he's achieved. Or you can say, without Rangers in the top flight landscape, should Aberdeen have done more? Well, should they have done more? I'll throw that back to you, David. Well, I, I, think, I think Derek McInnes will admit himself he should have won more cups or at least reach more finals. I think that's something that you will look back and regret and think Aberdeen should have done better. In terms of the league, I think the league record in general has been has been pretty decent in terms of consistency. I think the Cups have, have been disappointing pretty much over the piece. But to talk about this game in isolation, when you're 1-0 up at, at Motherwell, you've got a few chances to kill the game. To then go and lose 2-1, these words himself were, we beat ourselves. Is that a fair assessment, or should you give more credit to Motherwell? I think Motherwell obviously deserve credit, but no, I think... Derek McInnes always talks up his players, so I think you have to at least praise his, his honesty there. No, they, they did beat themselves. They have been mitigated circumstances. They lost Adam Rooney at a, a bad time. And I suppose you could cut them some slack and say as long as you're within 12 points of Celtic by the end of the season, you play them four times, that's, that's four defeats. As long as you're within that, then maybe you've done reasonably well. But I just think with the resources they've got, the fan base they've got, I just think it's been an opportunity missed. Yeah, I, I, mean, I would ag- agree in the sense that Celtic haven't really although there isn't much difference in the points totals between this season and last season I think Celtic have been fragile for a bulk of the season and an Aberdeen fan I know himself he thinks this has been their best opportunity in three decades which I, I, I can't really disagree with to be honest with you I think they've had a chance to really go and at least give it a better push this season and It's hard to see that opportunity coming back now because the Rangers will come up they will strengthen heavily I think Hearts have done really well in their first year back up without overextending themselves financially again, so they'll be stronger again next year. So Aberdeen, it stands to reason, will drop more points next year. So, yeah, I think it's a, an opportunity missed. 
In terms of Motherwell, it was a fifth win in six games. Louis Malt keeps scoring. I think that's his team for the season. Scott McDonald as well. Scored a goal, got a cracker off Barry Robson, an elbow straight red after a minute coming on. Mark McGee's done a good job. He has, and fair play to him because I was on here a few weeks ago after being at Fur Park and the atmosphere was toxic. I don't think Mark McGee's return was universally applauded. That day the fans were on his back and I just thought they looked like a team that was going to nosedive, but I think they've shown real character to turn it around. And to be fair to McGee, I think he said consistently, we just need to get until the summer and then he can implement the changes he wants to make. I think, they're, I think they're fine now do you think they'll be top 6? they yeah, could create top 6 but they're, they're not going to get dragged back down now I don't think and, and obviously I mean, Mark McGee after the game spoke about the front 3 making all the difference in terms of says, you know, the guys in the team have really backed them up but they've made the difference William Oak, Scott McDonald, Marvin Johnson I think maybe out with Celtic and Aberdeen they're as good as any Mo's not always been a first pick as well which is the, the strange thing No, he, he does have good options and I think John, Johnson's come on Scott McDonald. every time I see him I think he's almost getting better with age I mean he was a good, good player at Celtic obviously but in his head you can you can see the experience he uses that backside like nobody else people can't get near him so I, I think they're a good combination of kind of experience pace trickery and, and finishing and more Aberdeen obviously looking to well, I mean Graeme's not seen anything he won all, all seven games to even win the league but they're obviously got Hearts in their, their tail as well but a bad one for Hearts at the weekend losing 3-0 to St Johnson at Tynecastle. did you see it coming? I'm going to pat myself on the back for saying that Aberdeen would blow it. Uh, I'm going to have to admit I had a howler with Hearts because I thought they could, could not would, I said they could finish second, but that was a bad one for them at the, the weekend. Didn't see that coming. Now Wallace has Darnell Fisher outside him. Here's Fisher. Oh, that's brilliant. He passed the ball into the post. His first goal for St Johnston is brilliant. Goals are lost. Well, I mean, Darnell Fisher's a good finish for the second, but given that Robbie Nielsen's team is supposed to be physical and, and dominant and big to lose two goals from set pieces and two really really soft goals from set pieces Murray Davis and a back post header and the first one he was just standing himself in the middle of the goals that would really upset him and at home you don't often see Hearts turned over like that at Tynecastle I just think Robbie Nielsen's never been one to shirk away from the big decisions I think they could do with a new goalkeeper and they have a cosmopolitan defence I think they're all decent individually but they haven't quite gelled but I think after a pre-season I think they may be a lot stronger at the back next year but again with Hearts I just think it comes back to the bigger picture look at where they are and look at where they were a year ago I was out at Rick Upton on Friday speaking to Robbie Nielsen and okay mathematically they can still be caught in terms of that place but they're pretty much secured European football so obviously defeats like that are hard to take but if you'd have given them where they are just now at the start of the season they would have taken it I just think again like Ronnie Dyla I think Robbie Nielsen's handled himself brilliantly I mean those I was going to say something else. Those supporters, uh, use the term loosely, that paid to fly that plane over Tincastle, questioning the job Nielsen's done. Absolutely ridiculous. He's done a, he's done a fantastic job. I suppose if you give him credit, you have to give Craig Levine credit. So they'll qualify for Europe and uh, what, what a turnaround that was from where the club where the club was. In terms of St Johnson, Tommy Reese and other guys done a really good job. If they'd up and down a few months, you know, probably not picked up as many wins as they wanted to, but still fourth. It's amazing what can be done when Chris Miller drops out the first team picture. The feeling he was back in, he was back in at the weekend, captain, fantastic. But they were like mother one, another team that I just thought were on the wane. And you do have to give Tommy Wright credit. I know people say he goes under the radar. He doesn't really, he gets lots of credit. He keeps reinventing that team on a shoestring budget. They lose big players, they lose them to injury, and he just does enough. It's obviously a great 
great dressing room unit and you can't really speak any higher of Tommy Wright than you, you just he consistently they punch above their weight which I know they, they hate people saying as well but I do think that's true yeah they do you can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottysun.co.uk slash sport making up the top six in Ross County now was that always a stick on the day of the parade the day of the Dingwall League Cup open top bus celebration but they had a small matter in a Highland Derby before it Inverness go to Dingwall Inverness beat them 3-0 did they take the shine off it? it does because I've uh, been there with Hibs Hibs paraded the League Cup after an Edinburgh Derby instead of on the night it was a terrible idea they lost the Harps and it was a lap of honour lap of dishonour in front of no supporters so you have to celebrate these things on the night you have to make the most of it because football's got a habit of kicking you kicking you where it hurts and I'm just I'm st- I wasn't surprised so much that Ross County lost because these things can happen I'm staggered Inverness scored three goals but no Ross County losing it's not, not a big surprise good interception made by Draper this is Miles Storey here's support inside from Liam Polworth picks out Polworth oh it's a splendid finish by Polworth it's his fifth goal of the season he took this superbly is Jim McIntyre is, is the one thing uh, I know he will be keen not let it slip away but that they've won a major honour it's a historic achievement and I think they deserve all the credit going for doing it but he said at the start of the season to get a semi-final and finish top six was the aim now he's, he's done better in the cup than he thought he would or, or he'd hoped he would he can't possibly given the season was going to have had finishing the bottom six surely no and they I still think they'll be okay for, for top six can't take away from the job he's done although the plucky little underdog story only goes so far because if you speak to any chief executive or any any scout, I suppose, many agents, they are paying good money for boys. And it, it does come down to recruitment. You still have to write, find the right people. You still have to mesh them together. So I'm not taking anything away from them, but it does help to have a, a rich owner who's, who loves the club and loves the community. Yeah, they've, got the, they've got the dream set up there. Yeah, listen, they're a small club who pay good money to players, otherwise you wouldn't get some of the guys like Andrew Davis, for example, coming from England. But... Jim McIntyre has gone out and identified these guys, you know, it's all, there's, there's many managers that have had a fair bit of money to spend and identified the wrong guys. That's what you said. Yeah, we're, in, we're in agreement here. No, but, but I'm just not... I don't think you can take that away from Ross County's achievement. Just oh, no, because I'm not. I'm not. You're, you're, at, you're at it here. <laughs> but I'm not taking a single thing away from Ross County. It was a great moment for them. Great scenes. Great story. And it's not... It's more, maybe Derek Adams made more of it, just he, he would talk about how the, these plucky underdogs and the, they were up against it, they're probably paying more than most teams in the top flight for players. Mm-hmm. And I don't begrudge them that. Usually you're suspicious of owners that put that much money in, but he's a guy that's embedded in his community, he loves it, he's an ambassador for the Highlands, so no, I don't, I don't begrudge any of it, apart from the underdog tag. They're probably punching their weight. Yes, yeah, well, that's, that's what I was going to say. Tommy Wright would probably love to have that budget. Mm-hmm. Well... Inverness they're out the Scottish Cup Hibs put them out the Scottish Cup they're ninth in the league but it was a big win for them are they going to stay bottom six can they do they have the players do they have the followers to propel themselves back into the top six uh, short answer no no, no they, don't have, they don't have enough in them to bottom six do you think they've just uh, no Yogi's taking that squad he needs reinforcements think he's just taking that squad as far as he can I think that team's probably taking him as far as he can go you need to elaborate here Kerry I said this last week I just think John Hughes' message wears off Eventually, spoke to spoke to Liam Polworth after the St Johnston game, and he just looked like a broken man, almost literally after taking a hit from John Hughes a few days previously. So, just think there's an impending divorce there at some point. He's just signing your contract. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I just think they're on a, I don't want to say a downward spiral, that's too dramatic, but I think Ross County are on the up and I think in general Inverness are on the way down. Is that an actual thing in terms of teams finding a level and given the sense you talk about Rangers are going to win promotion? Hibs could be back, Hearts are back stronger, Aberdeen are stronger, Ross County are strong. Is it just a case of Inverness finding a level and that that's a kind of natural habit? There's absolutely no shame in that, but if you're talking about a team that's going to progress, he will need to bring in new players because I just think, I saw it at Hibs, and maybe, maybe a lot of people will disagree, I just think sometimes that players get tired of his routine, of his jokey, I know you love your bands, his jokey bands routine. I think it, it rubs some people up the wrong way, and you can see signs that it is. That's just my opinion. Fair enough. We've established that. That's all lot, rubbish, so. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sunsport on Twitter. The last Premiership game of Saturday was Hamilton Ackies against Partick Thistle, a 2-1 win for Alan Archibald's side, a big win. Does that put Hamilton a little bit of bother? It does, I suppose they've always, they've always been in amongst it, so there's nothing nothing new there. But I just think I think there's a lot of character within Hamilton, and at least whenever you go there, there is this sense they are all pulling in the one direction, so I just think when push comes to shove, they'll be OK. I, I, I've more... This is not based on anything other than a gut feeling, but I have more faith in them than Kilmarnock. I think Kilmarnock are better players. That's the, that's the army. But do you think Hamilton have just got a nucleus of a better team and a better, I don't mean spirit, but they've just been together a bit longer? That's the one thing you can say about the stability at Hamilton is that they know that there's a d- deep bond there amongst the players. They've been together for so long and there's a, a collective responsibility. They're good people and good players at Kilmarnock, but there just doesn't seem to be the same unity and the same blend. So I think that'll... In a sport of fine margins, I think that'll make the difference. In terms of Patrick Thistle, I mean, Alan Archibald, I think he's something. I mean, I think he does fly under the radar. You know, he's, he's not the most. Probably doesn't enjoy the biggest public profile of all the managers in the league. I think he probably prefers it that way. But I think he does prefer it that way. But after 30 games, we've got 37 points. I mean, we talk, spoke about Ross County and how Jim McIntyre could potentially be the manager of the season. Ross County have only got three points more and they play the game more. So Patrick just keep grinding it. You know, every couple of weeks they get a run couple of wins or, you know, to me that was another brilliant win for them in New Douglas Park and it's not an easy place to go Osman playing it forward helped on by Amu this is Doolan there's Edwards sensational flying header by Ryan Edwards he scored his first goal for Patrick Thistle and may well be the winner you're 100% right about Alan Archibald he will never ever give you a back page and it's not because he's an awkward customer. He just he doesn't enjoy that side of things, and I think he's I think he's comfortable admitting that. I say the same things every week. You never leave a Patrick Thistle game thinking that team's disorganised. They're always well drilled. They always play for the manager and play for each other. And he's someone that didn't have a settled training ground. 
tiny budget, tight squad. Alan Archibald, again, repeating the same phrase, is someone who consistently punches above his weight. At a club that I think punches above its weight and that is gradually building itself up. Partick, you know, I mean, the aim at the start of every season, just given our budget and given the size of the club, would be to retain their Premiership status. Now, they did be right, I'm going to catch them, but, you know, you look at it, they're now nine points ahead of Kilmarnock after the weekend, seven games to go, Partick has got an extra one. That's not going to turn around. No, Partick are safe, you would think. No, I won't, and they, they deserve it. I spent a bit of time with their youth academy recently, and Partick Thistle are doing so many great things, and a lot of it's dependent on the money they've had from the two lottery winners. They just need to stay in the top flight to buy these things time to pay off, and you can gradually see it. Thistle are a club that have underachieved in academy terms for years. They've not brought through their own players, given where they are in, in Glasgow, and gradually you're seeing the, the fruits of that now. So. Alan Archibald's job is almost comparable to Arsene Wenger when Arsenal were bear with me I can see the look in your face here when Arsenal were stuck in all that debt when they bought the new stadium Arsene Wenger just had to keep them in the Champions League to keep bringing in the money that would pay for that and by hook or by crook he just had to keep them there Alan Archibald just has to keep Thistle in the top flight year on year until they can gradually build up I can see I've, I can see I've lost you no not at all not at all I'm just, I'm just seeing the, the, the wee Twitter podcast Kenny Miller thinks Alan Archibald is Partick's answer Arsene Wenger, that's fine. said a lot worse. I will say a lot worse with no touching the hipship. On to Sunday, you were at Tannadice yesterday. I think you've just about recovered. No, I went home and I slept in a darkened room last night. Darren Lady said he felt as if he'd gone 10 rounds with Mike Tyson after the game. So did I. how bonkers it was. It was 2 each. Dundee had been 2-0 up. Scott Bean gets sent off. Billy McKay scores 2. Mixed with Pat Lane and having a Ramy with Dundee fans. Paul Hartley's having a bit of banter shall we say with the Dundee United goalkeeping coach that's right where did he begin Kenny well not, not my match report because <laughs> it, was, it was it was all over the place just go and look at the highlights from Sunsport Online that'll tell the, that'll tell the tale Dundee started off so well Stuart is onside a chance here for Dundee Hemmings waits in the middle there's Hemmings 2-0 to Dundee Gunning plays Stuart on and from that point on United were stranded Kane Hemmings didn't get a clean touch on this, but it doesn't matter. And you don't see many games where the two subs are subbed, both both centre-backs. Paul, everything, every wee thing went against Dundee to let Dundee United back into that game. Dundee United were an utter shambles in that first half. For a team that had to come up, come out and fight and stay up, they just didn't turn up. Second half, red card changed the whole game, and then it really all did kick off. Paul Hartley's lucky that his wee dust up with a goalkeeper coach. Doesn't even register now, because... I didn't know how to do Mixu Palinen's conduct justice yesterday. He just lost the plot. Can I say that? In what way, though? And, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. You know, you're sitting looking down where the press box is at Tannadice, just for anybody that doesn't realise, you're, you're basically looking down on top of the dugouts. Yep. You can see the managers on the touchline. Was he constantly turning around? He's obviously getting abuse from the Dundee fans as well. The whole second half. I mean, he's getting sustained abuse, so let's, let's redress the bars. He's getting sustained abuse for the whole second half, but it won't be anything he's not heard before. So he complains vehemently to the stewards, to the police, right through the second half. As the game's going on, he says, you have to come and deal with this. Obviously, he used a bit more colourful language than that. And then, eventually, they score the equaliser, and the full-time whistle goes. And I've never seen trolling like it. It was like, uh, it's like one of your tweets. Just, he's just throwing grenades all over the place. He's cupping his ears. 
he's giving it various gestures. This is I don't know why I'm acting out the gestures, but nobody can see what I'm doing at the I moment. Known in Scottish football as the Higdon. The, the, the Higdon. Yep. It was just bonkers. Never and it went on and on and on. The police eventually had to have a word in his ear to tell him to stop. The one thing that is funny though is when the Dundee fans get all offended. Wait, this is a disgrace. How how dare you? They've been calling him everything under the sun for forty five minutes. And then he cups his ear and, oh, it's a disgrace. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is he not at the end of a kind of roller coaster derby and a precious point? Is he not entitled to say, well, what are you saying now? And slightly. Gavin, Gavin Gunning got the same treatment, and I'm not always a Gavin Gunning fan, but if he, he, just, he just smiled and gave him a wee wave. I think that's the way to do it. I'm not sure I can condone what Mick Sue was, was doing. Listen, it's good fun, but the post match press conference was just as bizarre. He walked in, he was there for about three minutes. Did not want to talk about this at all. In one breath, he's saying that Dundee fans are a disgrace. Why are they even in that position in the stadium? So he's having to go to his own security people. And then the next breath, he's saying, oh no, you can't punish me for it. I've not done anything wrong. There's nothing to see here. It's just a big silly misunderstanding. So, no wonder I didn't have a clue what to write yesterday. <laughs> even Mixley doesn't know what he's talking about. In terms of the football, was a draw a fair result? What? There was no football yesterday. I could barely remember. The game then? It was rubbish. Was but was a draw a fair result? Probably was on reflection. As I say, I feel sorry for Dundee. They were the, they were the better team until fate conspired against them. And then United showed a bit more fight and resolve. At least they've got Billy Mackay, who stuck his head in when it hurts to score the equaliser. Desperation time now for Dundee United into the stoppage time. Gunning flights it forward. Mitchell's come for that. He hasn't got there. Oh, fair, he got there. Mackay with the header and United have equalised right at the death. An error here by Mitchell, good play by O'Ferry and a brave header by Mackay. Right through the team, they were they were poor again. Big decision for the referee, was it a red card? I don't think it was, personally. I don't, I, really it was have a a, I don't really have too many arguments against it. And to be fair, Paul Hartley, he's not shy of a moan, but he, he didn't really complain too much either, so I think it's one of those. Dundee are right in the middle of that kind of top six chasing pack, if I can call them that. Dundee United, seven points behind Kilmarnock at the bottom, but they have a game in hand. If that goes to four and it stays around that game into the split, I personally think they can leapfrog them. You don't? I just I just don't think they'll do it. I think they've just left themselves too little time. I don't think they'll be much in it come the end, but the game basically changed yesterday on a red card and Eddie O'Ferry coming on and jumping around. I mean, he tried to punch the ball in at one point, he couldn't even get that on target. I just don't think they can rely on that every week. Even even Blair Spittle was off his game yesterday, and you know how I feel about him. <laughs> so no, I just I just can't see them stringing enough results together to to even overhaul Kilmarnock. They won't get many points on the board themselves. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter. From the bottom of the Premiership to the top of the Championship, we'll start with Friday's bonkers game at Falkirk. I mean, we spoke about Tanner; he's been bonkers. I mean. Good move from Tavernier. He's away from Sybil. A great chance for Rangers. There's Miller. 1-0 to Rangers. Couldn't have been simpler. Poor ball watching there by Sybil, allowing Tavernier to go through. To me, Rangers could easily have been 5-0 at half-time. That would have flat them. I mean, Falkirk couldn't handle And then Falkirk somehow won the game. Can you sum up what happened? How did it happen? Matt Warburton took off Barry McKay and Billy King because he obviously thought the game was won. So seems to swing partly on that as you say they could have blew, they blew Falkirk away at the start and it could and should have been more they don't have much up front just now Rangers they're relying on Kenny Miller to keep bailing them out so they're not finishing teams off maybe the way they, they should be but I would give all the credit to Falkirk to be honest well I mean I was going to say obviously a lot you know it's, it's not very often Rangers will go 2 nothing up 
and lose three goals in the last 20 minutes so a lot of the focus was on that but in terms of Falkirk they're in second they're there in merit and we're talking about manager here contenders I think Peter Houston must be on this year quick and lively takes on ball that's from McHugh Falkirk have done it surely the winning goal scored by Bob McHugh absolutely for me yep said this all season, the games against Hibs and Rangers, Falkirk, even when they've lost, have never been far away. So I think Peter Houston's got the measure of Alan Stubbs and Mark Warburton tactically. I love Falkirk. I've been singing the praises for years. I think they've a really honest, good bunch of players. They've got a great academy set up. They've good facilities. Falkirk, when they go up, will contribute a lot to the top flight in Scotland. They're a club that gives and doesn't just take. In terms of the title destination, I mean, Rangers have won the league. I mean, I know it's not mathematic, but they've won the league. So that no game didn't really have any impact in that. Um, Rangers have got a game in hand and Falkirk are still 11 points ahead. What it does do is highlight that if Hibs had just held in there, then they could have made a title race had, had they not imploded. Or Falkirk. Or Falkirk. I don't believe Falkirk for anything because there's a, look at the, the lost games column for Falkirk. It's, it's ridiculous. The squad they've got, they've, uh, they've done so well. No, I would agree with you, but what I was going to say is it does have a big impact in second place. And second place, for me, is crucial in this playoff thing because you would much rather play four games than six games. Hibs, the day after, go to Wraith Rovers, a couple of days, 72 hours after beating Inverness, and lose a game in the league. I think now they've got a real uphill battle to try and finish second. Do you think they're going to get it? How long have we got left in this podcast? We've got about 26 minutes. (laughs) Where, where do we start? It's been a while, I think, since Hibs have played well. I think Alan Stubbs went through the team after the game and questioned basically all 11 players and none of them can have any arguments. wrote a blog last week. I'm sure the three people that read it will disagree with me again, but Anthony Stokes, he's got three goals in his last two games. I, still, I still stand by everything I wrote about him last week. Said Hibs have won what, one game with Anthony Stokes. And look at what's happened to Jason Cummins. He's gone completely off the boil. Just think there's far more questions than answers just now Hibs he's gone off the ball but you can't blame Anthony Stokes for Jason Cummins missing from a yard out no you can't but you can look at the trend and how many goals Jason Cummins scored before Anthony Stokes arrived I'm not absolving Jason Cummins to blame you you have to score I'm not blaming Jason my point is things like that can happen he's going through a bad time right he's a young player he's consistently missed big chances this season so I'm not absolving him of I'll blame for that I did feel sorry for him it's not often I say this but Jason Cummins I feel sorry for him at the weekend because Alan Stubbs took him straight off I'd have been tempted to leave the guy on for five, ten minutes because he was obviously desperate to make up for it. The stroke was quite funny, but I did feel sorry for him in, in that regard. But you speak to the people at Falkirk, and there's just a quiet confidence there, and there's panic creeping in at Hibs. This weekend, there's no Hibs game, but Rangers are matching against Queen of the South. Queen of the South, I mean, Wraith, give them a bit of credit for the Hibs result as well. Give them a lot of credit, actually. I mean, Wraith are in fourth, and I think they'll stay there. He's done it. Ray McKinnon's another one. He's, he's going to get a bigger job in the not-too-distant future. You, you must be the next Indian United manager yeah. stick on. I would agree with you. But in terms of Rangers, are you surprised they've taken the game on? They've got a couple of guys away international duty. There might even be more, given the Scotland squad. There could be a couple pulling out. You never know. Um, or do you think they just want to get games out of the way? I think they probably just want to get games out of the way. And I'm pleased they have decided to do it because they could have done what they've done and called it off. But let's be honest, the guys they're losing, people like Liam Burke, who's going to be away with the under-19s, they're not really contributing first-team players. So we've been a wee bit poor to call it off when punters have made plans to travel and stuff so they're doing the right thing by playing Marble. but Queen of South had a great result at the weekend as well mm-hmm. right now so maybe they'll regret it in terms of 
in terms of Rangers obviously Mark Warburton wasn't happy the way they ended the game he was very happy with the way they started the game do you expect Queen of South to pose any problems the same kind of problems that Falkirk did? No I think that the Falkirk result probably does Queen of South some, some damage I think Rangers will be champing at the bit to get back out and like I was saying with Celtic the Rangers will be determined to have their best form before that Celtic game so no I fully expect the Rangers one Yeah, thanks for your time Always a pleasure David <laughs> 